0: Well, hello, my people, my people, my people. How are you doing? Happy Black History Month. I did not even realize, actually, that I was launching on Black History Month, but it's quite fitting for a podcast about Black trans women. So, happy Black History Month and welcome to episode one of the FTN podcast. F as in femme, T as in trans, and N as in noir. AKA Black. Can we be real for a second? The podcast is quite new, so I'm really expecting just 20 of (laughs) y'all to be listening to this. Maybe like my closest and nicest and most patient friends. I love y'all. It feels awkward speaking into the mic and my setup is not, you know, is not right yet. So, bear with me. Um, I'll try to get rid of the awkwardness and the shyness and all of that shit because I know that it just sucks energy and we need that energy to have these discussions. So, welcome to my space. It's a space where you can, you know, make yourself at home, but don't forget it's my home, all right? Wipe your feet, wash your hands, and, you know, wear that mask a little longer because, Kako the Robo, she's still running those streets, and I don't exactly know where you've been. So other than that, do make yourself comfortable and let's get started. Today's show is sponsored by, well, me and my Patreon account. Okay, so this is not the first podcast you listen to. I'm sure you know about Patreon, but let me tell you real quick. You financially support creators you like, and depending on the tier you're at, you get a different level of access. Mine starts at $2. Just $2, baby. That is one cool bottle of water per month, and when you pledge more, You get to vote on future topics. We meet once a month for a video chat, you know, collectively. And, you know, maybe more, but for now, let me just commit to one. You can learn more about the different tiers by going to the website. That's www.ftnpod.com. Click on the Patreon button at the top and join me. Thanks so much already. I wanted to start the podcast with a topic that's that's constantly being brought up by people, trans folks, let's just say it, who gather on the internet congregating and commiserating about the threat, the supposed threat that we are as trans women tricking them left and right. I'm talking about disclosure. If you already know me Or if you've heard me speak on you know different platforms, you already know what I think. Quote-unquote debates about disclosure are just discussions about how much trans women deserve to die and or deserve to be harmed. Like when you listen long enough, you find out that the disclosure piece is just the very first step, like the foundation to an argument that only seeks to justify some type of harm that has befallen a a trans woman, a specific one. It's like the transphobic story du jour type of thing. And these stories tend to focus specifically on trans women. So I want to stick to black trans women in particular, because the social consequences are not exactly the same for trans men. Um, I'm not saying worse, better, or anything like that. I'm just saying it's different. And I would much prefer to have someone who is more of an expert on trans men to come in and have that discussion at a later time. So, going back to disclosure and trans women, I don't remember one single conversation where, um, you know, talking about this topic didn't lead into, weird theories about the duplicitous nature of trans women and how we are inherently dangerous, um and really dangerous for men and their perception of themselves when we're not identifiable and we basically deserve anything that may come our way for playing a part in making men essentially question themselves. There's a whole lot to say about disclosure, but Today, I really wanna focus on disclosure in the context of romantic and sexual pursuit. And it may actually be the most impactful context for everybody involved. And you know, it's, you know, Valentine is coming, so let's talk about the boys. (laughs) First, we have to take a quick step back and talk about what it means for trans people to disclose. What that looks like, the potential impact, but also how and even if it's possible. Then we have to take a look at cis men's entitlement and their perceived ownership of space. All of that sounds a little bit heavy, I know, but I promise you it's not gonna be that heavy or even that long. Okay, let's be very clear and straightforward. Trans people don't owe you anything, all right? We don't owe you shit, You're not entitled to receive private information about us. You're not entitled to know our personal stories. You're not entitled to be privy to our medical history just because you have shown interest in us. None of that is owed to you. Now, if we're starting to get intimate and physical, my personal stance is that transness should be discussed. That's not a rule, that's just me. I just think it's wiser in terms of safety. And it's also a way to start a relationship without secrets, you know, that maybe the other person could find heavy or maybe too much for them to handle, right? I I get that. And again, that's not a rule, but I'm aware that we live in a transphobic world and that's how I choose to deal with that knowledge in order to protect myself. I know that in the context of these discussions, Cis people tend to limit their thinking to their personal comfort. It's like they believe that the people around them are not full people, you know, with complex lives and identities, and a need for comfort too, as if we were just extras in the story of their lives. Boo-boo, I need comfort too though. Just living in a transphobic environment requires extra labor on my part. You know, it requires that I remain alert at all times. AKA, I can never be too comfortable. The pressure is extremely burdensome. And it's not like it's a, you know, like a little high school girl secret. It's not about just hiding things. It's about staying safe and protecting my ability to thrive. Depending on the context, a trans person may lose their job If they live in a place where, you know, discrimination laws do not cover transness, even if discrimination laws exist at all, they may lose opportunities for business. And um, of course, that would affect their livelihood. They may lose opportunities to rise in their career, but also more, even more basic stuff, like they may lose access to services that they need. And of course, as you well know, they may be met with violence or with their own end. Interacting with people on a daily basis with all of that knowledge in mind, that is strenuous emotional labor. And I know, I'm not saying that trans people are walking around, you know, afraid, looking left and right over their shoulders um, every second of every day. Um, That's not the way it is. But what I'm saying is that when you enter public space, you have to be aware of your surroundings. When you when you are a minority, you know that. You know, when you are a cis woman walking around in public space, you know what you have to look out for. Uh, you know when you're a black person and you know that maybe you're gonna encounter the police, you know what to look out for. Like it's all of that. It's just It's just different. It's just um, other things you have to look out for, but you still have to look out for some stuff. I hope I'm making sense. Well, I know the hoteps and the transphobes and, you know, the other people who really don't care to know will not try to make sense of that because, you know, well, hoteps, enough said. But yeah. So knowing all of that. When cis people, and specifically cis-head men, complain about hitting on a girl, you know, that they assumed was cis, and then finding out that she's trans, and then they get mad about it, i like to remind them that, you know, they're putting their annoyance on the same level as a person's safety and that person's very existence. Like, the potential social and material consequences are not the same. The moment a trans person decides to disclose, they have to think about all of that. They have to make sure that they are protected on all the different levels that I mentioned earlier, right? These different levels where they are exposed and vulnerable. And the one thing that they can never have any certainty about is the other person's reaction and the level of violence they might be faced with. So miss me with the, you know, it's not fair, bullshit. Because again, the social and material consequences are not the same. On one hand, you're annoyed, I understand it, but you're annoyed that you will not get to sleep with this pretty girl you're attracted to because after all, she does not fit your standards. On the other hand, this pretty girl may die. Do, do you see, do, do you see the imbalance there? As a woman simply existing in the world, I have no control over when a man will decide that, you know, that he finds me attractive and wants to flirt with me. First of all, his attraction is none of my business. But also, what if that happens when my coworkers or business partners are around? What if that happens when I'm standing in line at City Hall trying to get some food vouchers? Do I still have to disclose, like, right there and then that's insane to me like i have no idea how loud you're going to be about my business and maybe you are not going to do anything to me but the next person standing right next to us may feel like they have to do something about the trans problem it's really the self-centeredness for me and the perception of flirting as access (laughs) That leads me to cis men and their entitlement. If we step away from the trans situation for a second and just look at cis men when they pursue cis women, their entitlement is still a huge part of the game. Cis women too are concerned about their safety when they interact with men, and even more so when they reject cis men. And the bolder the man, the higher the risk for full transparency Full disclosure. This is not the result of a study. This is the result of living as a woman. Right? And what I mean by that is that men do not always take rejection well, even when it's packaged nicely and politely and softly. The louder the catcall, the more visible the approach, then the harder the blow to the man's ego. And we all know that there are consequences for bruising a man's ego. It may be a mean little dig like Well, bitch, you don't look that good anyway and you fat and it can escalate all the way to physical attack or even murder. Of course, I know, this does not happen all the time but it is a risk that is considered when women are approached, especially when they're alone. I also have to say, in general, men feel way too comfortable Interrupting a woman's day and entering her space for their own benefit. We have socialized men to be pursuers, which gives them that expectation of access because how else can they pursue, right? A lot of men may not word it that way, and some of them may come for me in the comments, but you know, <clears throat> whatever. I think. They also do not see women as full humans, right? We know that too. Men have been socialized to see women as objects of desire, accessories of pleasure, tools to build legacy. That's a whole other story. But in the context of this conversation, (laughs) the bottom line is that access to women is normal to them. Because women are here to serve a purpose for them, right? Think about... Hey baby, why you look this mad though? You're too pretty to be this angry. You should smile more. And all the other nonsense you hear about submission and stuff on the internet. It's like they're very interested in a woman, or their desire to have sex with her, is enough for them to be granted access to her time and her personal space. It's like suddenly they are old smile or whatever makes that interaction easier for them. Something of a relationship starts the moment a man has expressed interest. Like, I'm just gonna repeat that again. Like, <laughs> something of a relationship starts the moment a man has expressed interest. You don't need to consent. You don't even need to respond like you already a part of that onset of a relationship. That is so messed up. Now, take that. Add to it men's deep, 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 deep investment in their performance of masculinity plus the trans factor and you have a potential bomb. I hear a lot of people who say that it is absolutely important to disclose right away out of quote unquote respect for the man, but also because it is somehow safer. That is bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. Because again, we owe nothing to the man who decide that our personal space should be accessible to them. And there is no safety when a man's ego is not appeased. Peace simply cannot exist in a space where man's ego has been hurt. These two things cannot coexist. Here's an example. And I don't like to talk about victims of violence because I like to remember them first as people and not as what happened to them. But this example is very powerful. You may remember the story of Isla Nettles in New York Um, I don't remember exactly what year that was. She was attacked by a guy um, on the street. Disclosure had happened immediately, and yet murder still ensued because the disclosure itself was not the most important part. The timing of it was not the issue either. Like I said, it was immediate. It was the embarrassment and the blow to the guy's ego. James Dixon, the murderer, was embarrassed that he had found a trans woman attractive. Somehow that put a question mark on his sexuality and his masculinity, and that question mark was visible not only to him, but also to his boys, who made fun of him. He was hurting his masculinity, his ego could not take it, He had to reclaim his masculinity through violence and murder and he did that in the most horrific way. I don't think trans women can be held responsible for the way you feel about your masculinity. Trans women are not responsible for that fragility. Trans women are not responsible for cuddling your male ego. Trans women are just as entitled as you are to exist in public space. And we do not have to wear a sign or be visible in a certain type of way to appease you. With all of that in mind, I don't think it's always possible or even desirable to disclose. Taking the male-centered approach may not even lead to said men's comfort. And again, the consequences, y'all, those consequences. Okay, let me get a tiny little bit more personal. When I was much younger, like at the very beginning of my transition, I enjoyed being in, you know, on dating websites, looking cute, chatting with boys for a bit and letting them know I was trans, you know, like maybe after a few days. And I have to say, mm, <laughs> okay, yeah, I have to say, I even went on a few dates. I think I think too. I went on a couple of dates in person, and only told the guys like you know about my tea when I got home. I do recognize those dates were a bad idea. I do, but the validation felt worth it at the time. I was twenty. Most girls, cis and trans, do foolish things at twenty, and I get it. I understand that we are fighting for a world where. We as trans people can be full versions of ourselves with no negative consequences. We know that we deserve peace and the same right to make stupid decisions as everybody else. The reality is that we are not there yet. Hanging on to this private information about ourselves though, for whatever amount of time, should not be considered worthy of a death penalty or a beatdown if you want us to disclose so bad, make it safe for us to do so. Make it safe for us. If you are a cisgender woman, like cis, please realize that masculinity is fragile enough. Like you don't need to be so doubts in the minds of men by telling them, you know, it's gay. You know, it's gay if you like trans women. That's, <laughs> that's some silly stuff. And, yes, it's, it's not helping at all. And if you are a cisgender heterosexual man, stop for a second and think about your own relationship to your masculinity. Because I have to say this, I have never run into an issue with a man who was comfortable with who he was as a man, and who knew with certainty what his sexuality was. It was always the ones who turned turned to their boys for clues on what to do next to be considered men. And let's be real, it was also the ones who were curious or unsure about their own sexuality. Men who don't do the internal work to sit comfortably with themselves are not safe to be around anyway, but even less so for us trans women okay i'm gonna stop here because i don't want to be talking forever but before we part ways let me know your thoughts come to twitter and instagram and tell me what you think i'm ftnpod pretty much everywhere all the links are on my website that's www.ftnpod.com Also, please subscribe. That way you'll know whenever there's a new show. I was hoping to make it a weekly thing. Please hold me accountable and help me keep that promise to myself. Join me on the socials to engage with me. I will absolutely love that. I also have to talk about ways to support the show. The first one is absolutely free. Just share it. Talk to a friend about me. Give me five stars and a nice review. That will help the show greatly. And if you have some extra coin, just go to the website and donate whatever you can. It will be much, much appreciated. Thanks again, and see you on the socials. Bye-bye.